Welcome to Boiling Point. Darwin saw evolution through beetles. Our today's guest sees evolution through blennies. But why are they leaving the watcher behind? Welcome to Boiling Point at Eastside Radio. Today, our guest is Elizabeth Sorovic, a PhD student at UNSW. Elizabeth studies evolution in real time. She studies blennies, which are little fish that are transforming to land right in front of our eyes. Welcome to Boiling Point. Hi, glad to be here. All right. First of all, what is a blenny? Can you explain to us what this looks like? Because there's multiple different forms, right? They're evolving. Right. So, yes. So a blenny is basically a little bitty fish. It's a benthic cryptofish. Mm-hmm. Benthic means that it that it lives on the ground slash like on the bottom of the ocean. Okay. Oh, okay. So, but like, like not super super deep ocean. Not super super okay. deep. So a lot of times they live on rock rock crevices so like coral mm. corals things like that mm-hmm. also um rock jetties they'll live on there too okay. so like hard surfaces yeah um but they're benthic so they stay on that they don't really swim much they'll jump mm-hmm. but they'll, mm-hmm. but yeah they stay there mm-hmm. um but they're also cryptic which means that their coloring is generally pretty drab mm-hmm. um they're pretty like browns grays things like that mm-hmm. maybe a little green but like pretty plain really okay yeah so um, what are the other forms of blennies? So there's three basic forms of blennies. Mm-hmm. Um, there is the marine, which mm-hmm. means that all their lifespan is in the water. They mm-hmm. never move out. Then you have the amphibious ones. Um, these guys actually spend about a little bit of their wa- their life um, in the water and some on land. But they go back generally to the water. Okay. So they're still kind of in between. But then there was there is what I would call terrestrial. So it is kind of controversial con- calling it terrestrial. Oh. Some people are more think of it more of it as amphibious, which is not a improper term. Like you can mm-hmm. call it that. Mm-hmm. I call it more terrestrial because you do have the amphibious ones that really are like water and land Mm -hmm. slash they only come out a little bit on land Mm -hmm. but these terrestrials which is the last form Mm -hmm. they spend their adult life is all on land the only part of them that's in the water is their larva so the kind of the egg stage so kind of like salamanders maybe yes a lot like frogs Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. frogs and salamanders oh interesting okay so but the, the terrestrial ones do you still refer to them as fish Yes, <laughs> strangely enough, you do. So that was actually one of my questions I asked to my um, advisor was mm-hmm. like, because these guys are on land now, should we even call them like fish anymore? Yeah. And he said, yes. He's like, yeah, they're still fish, though, because they're, they're still very closely related to all the fish mm-hmm. and stuff. So they say, yes, they're still fish. I was okay. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. So what do these terrestrial ones look like? Do they have feet legs fingers so these guys actually are they kind of look plain they oh. it's interesting because yeah they're they're different while they have different forms mm-hmm. they all look actually relatively similar oh it's hard to tell the difference between really more of an amphibious and a terrestrial blenny it actually is hard to tell how in the world are they um able then to live on terrestrial like on on land right. then so they 
I think it's sort of scales. So blennies don't have a lot of scales to begin with. So that mm. helps them transition because then they can breathe through their skin like a frog does. Mm-hmm. Do the fish ones do that as well then also breathe through their skin? They do a little bit, okay. um, but they do have a few scales still. So it okay. still kind of prevents them a tad. Mm-hmm. But with the terrestrials, they breathe through their skin mm-hmm. pretty much completely. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also, they move a little differently. They don't have legs. They do still have their fins, uh-huh. but they pretty much are fins and a long body. Okay. So they kind of look very sausage-like. Um, so I'm kind of imagining that they would move like a seal? A little bit, yeah, yeah actually. Um, they don't really use their fins, though, too much. What they do mm. is they call what, they do what's called a sea start. So what they'll do is they'll stick their fins down on the rock, mm-hmm. and then they'll use their... Their tail is actually very strong, mm-hmm. a lot of muscle there. Mm-hmm. And they'll flip their tail, and so it'll jump them from one to the other. Okay, so they're kangaroos. Yeah. <laughs> In a way, yes. Now I understand. <laughs> and yeah. uh, where do we find blennies? Do we find them in different areas or does it depend if they're aquatic or amphibious or terrestrial? That's a really good question. So mm-hmm. the marine ones are actually everywhere, okay. like literally everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like there are some, um, I'm from the United States and so like there's some in the Gulf of Mexico. Okay. But there's also some in the Mediterranean. There's mm-hmm. some here. Actually, like Australia actually has quite a few, like in Sydney. There are some there okay. are some aquatic blennies. Mm-hmm. Um they're also in the Pacific, the Indian Ocean. So the aquatics are everywhere. Mm-hmm. The amphibious ones and the terrestrial ones are harder to find. Okay. Um where they've been found so far, they're on the islands of we found them on Guam, we found mm-hmm. them in Rarotonga, which is in the Cook Islands area. Okay. We've also found them on Taiwan oh. and um, in Japan. Mm-hmm. But they also are in the Seychelles and Mauritius, so in the Indian Ocean. Okay. So that's kind of marine and terrestrials are kind of in that area. Yeah. So it's so kind, of, kind of spreading out, hey? They are, which is super cool. Mm-hmm. And are they um, overlapping in terms of their habitat with the, uh, like, all, are all three different forms overlapping in their location? Yes. So like, in one of the locations, Guam in particular, there's mm. actually like two different species of terrestrials that live there. But which is really cool because most of the other islands just have one species of terrestrial. Mm-hmm. But there there's two. But there's also you can find the amphibious and the uh, aquatics there as well. So it's really cool. Oh. You can see all three stages really of evolution at yeah. once, which is super cool. That is that is so, so so cool right and so insane and it's probably like darwin's dream (laughs) honestly yes i agree so are you saying you're embodying darwin (laughs) (laughs) i mean well i don't know if i want to take on that mantle but uh i do appreciate like looking at evolution it's super cool and i think Mm -hmm. it's so fascinating like to be able to see it in real time especially which was probably his dream to be able to see like how it changes like yeah it's just so cool to be able to fill in the gaps yes that's so cool and especially because you know darwin he looked at the different finches with the different beak sizes and and he looked at like the different beetles the diversity of beetles but you were watching marine animals evolve onto land like that is so cool um and so do these animals do they can they interbreed can they breed with like the terrestrial ones and the amphibious ones and the marine ones or no are they all very separate that is a very good question um from the literature i've read they don't interbreed Mm -hmm. so the terrestrials are just terrestrial Mm -hmm. amphibious are just amphibious and stuff Mm -hmm. so as far as i know they do not interbreed okay and how do they typically breed is it all in the water still so no the land ones so one thing so cool thing with blennies Mm -hmm. there is one type of habitat that they love and that's the rock 
like hard substrates. If you, ah. you for the marine ones, they they all need holes. All of them need nesting holes. No mm. matter if they're on land or if they're in the water, they all need nesting holes. So is that they just like darkness? No, they need the holes because what they do is they'll end up like they'll mate and they'll lay eggs in the holes and they'll stick them to the sides of the holes. And mm-hmm. that's where the it gives the eggs enough protection so they can then come out later. Okay. So that's they all need a hole mm-hmm. slash mm-hmm. a little enough for them to fit in and hide. That's also okay. where they hide. Yeah. Yeah. And do they take care of their young as they grow up? No, not really, as far as I ever call from the literature. Mm-hmm. So similar to frogs, right? They just kind of lay their eggs and, and leave them be, right? And just kind of go ahead. And yes. so do you find um, similar things like with frogs where they have different metamorphosis stages? And do you find those similar stages in the terrestrial ones, but then they just like go further? Like, is that what happens? That's a very good question. That's something I hope to answer with a mm-hmm. PhD is like, we don't really know a whole lot about the larval form. We know that they have it, and mm-hmm. we know that they keep it for quite a while. Mm-hmm. It seems to be different than the frogs. Okay, and yeah. And it doesn't. They don't seem to sprout legs or anything. These guys oh, aren't. Yes. They, these guys aren't tetrapods yet. <laughs> Give it time. <laughs> I know, right? Maybe, but but these guys, um, they seem to just kind of. We think they just kind of float around for a little while, okay. and then they'll like settle down on substrate and then mm-hmm. move to land. Okay, and. In falling onto land, doesn't that make you very susceptible to predators? That's the good question. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of the papers that actually inspired me to do this research was on like blennies becoming terrestrial. And one of the thoughts was because of aquatic predation. Mm-hmm. So there are a ah, lot of aquatic predators yeah. for them. There's a bunch of different fish that eat them and stuff like that. And so one of the thoughts, it actually like was tested and proved statistically correct was that they're moving to land because there's too many aquatic predators and actually they oh. looked at the terrestrial predators like you'd think birds lizards crabs things like that. yeah yeah, yeah everything that eats frogs or salamanders or anything like that right exactly but they're not oh i guess uh, i bet you well this is how i'm seeing it in my head a bird looks down and is like what is that little fish doing out of water oh that's bizarre i'm not gonna eat that it's too weird maybe that <laughs> also the cryptic them being benthic mm. and cryptic, that cryptic coloration, that camouflage mm-hmm. is very important for them. And I bet that's how they're surviving too, is that okay. they look like what they're, where they live, they look like the rock. So they can't be seen. And so, so they're not eaten. They look like their location, right? Yes. And they all look different depending on their location. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Oh my goodness. Okay. So I think the biggest question on everybody's mind, why? Why are you getting out of the water i mean i guess maybe the predators but is there any other answers for why they could be leaving the water that's a very good question right now the leading thought is because of the predation that seems to be the biggest factor that's getting them out of the water Mm -hmm. and even other fish have known to strand themselves to not get eaten Oh, that it, doesn't that kill them? It does, but they still prefer to die than get eaten. No way. I mean, yeah, both way. is death. It is, sorry, death. Death. Both ways is death. But I, I, that kind of confuses me. They just chose death and death. <laughs> it, it's true. It's kind of weird. But at the same time, I mean, you, you there are stories of fish getting stranded, stranding themselves because they just, they don't want to get eaten. Wow. So it's... We think that that's the main reason okay, right now. Okay. We're, there are other factors that could be there. We think maybe nesting holes might have something to do with it. We know that if there are more mes- nesting holes, there'll be more blennies. Mm-hmm. That is a factor. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like 
it hasn't really been studied like the effect of nesting holes necessarily on the terrestrials in particular mm-hmm. it's been looked at for the coral ones but not for the terrestrials mm-hmm. um if that's a factor if food we do know that the bloody dentition is really cool so they blend is that their teeth Yes, mm-hmm. dentition is teeth. Mm-hmm. So the blenny teeth are very unique for fish. Most fish have very specific teeth. They eat very specific things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll eat a bunch, but at the same time, like, relatively specific. These oh, guys, okay. some blennies eat detritus. Some actually, will, like, are parasitic and will, like, nibble fish in the oh. water. And, like, some do all sorts of different things. Some actually have venom. Like, it's... No. Some, yeah, vampire blennies are an interesting little oh, commodity. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I didn't know that these little creatures existed. Not only are they evolving, but they have insane traits that kind of encompass all different animals. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. So, would you say that they're generalists, like, in terms of what they eat? General For the marine ones especially, yes, mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. generalists. They'll mm-hmm. eat just about anything that they can get their hands on. Though most of the time, they're going to eat detritus, which is basically like stuff that's on the ground, something that's decaying. Like plankton or? Kind of stuff like that, but more off the rocks. So if there's okay. like an algae on a rock, uh-huh. they'll eat that. That's why they like the hard surfaces too, because there's okay. algae there yeah. and stuff like that. Close to food, right? Exactly, yeah. Okay. So what do the terrestrial ones eat? They... Will, will you see like parasitic blennies on deer or something? <laughs> <laughs> the new leech? <laughs> that would be hilarious. I oh, know. So, so the terrestrials pretty much, it's interesting one of the papers I read was so cool and talked about how they're generalists when they're marine. Mm-hmm. The amphibious ones are still kind of pretty. They're like, they'll eat a bunch. Uh-huh. But then the terrestrials are very specific. It goes from jack of all trades to a master of one. Mm. And their master of one is detritus slash algae. And that's all that the terrestrials eat. So they only live on rock, those rock surfaces yeah. near the water so they can keep getting moist. And there's algae there. And that's all they eat. They so they have to go else. back to the water to eat. They don't go into the water. They actually, when they become terrestrial, they avoid the water like the plague. Like legit, they want to be close. So like frogs that need to have need to keep moist skin so they don't yeah. they don't die. Like that's same with them. So they need to be close to the water, but far enough away there to where they don't get washed off. Do not know if they drowned. I have been asked. I do not know if terrestrials drowned. That is so but, yeah. bizarre. You would think that they would keep some sort of like instinctual, like fish you know yeah, trait that they like had that. yeah exactly because yeah, no. even frogs like love the water right like they prefer mm-hmm. to stay in water rather than you know other areas they do like humid areas of course but that is so bizarre not only did they evolve but they were like never going back to the water again like yeah. forget about it oh my gosh so what was it that made you interested in studying the blennies did you like read it somewhere or like you know because I've never heard of blennies before until meeting you. So what kind of sparked this interest in blennies? I mean, in evolution, don't get me wrong. I also study evolution. I think it's fascinating. <laughs> but I've never even heard of this. So, you know, where did this idea all come from? So when I was an undergraduate, I um, I went to Texas A&M University. And there I took a marine animal behavior class. Now, wait a second. Is everything really bigger in Texas? It is true. <laughs> it is I knew true. It. <laughs> At least in my opinion, it is true. Um, Excellent. Okay, that's it. Yes. That question's out of the way. <laughs> so, so I was at Texas A&M. I took a marine biology class. Mm-hmm. And in that class... Wait, wait. In te- oh, I guess you're, you kind of have an ocean... We do. Right? Yeah, yeah. We have the Gulf of Mexico, which okay. is a very strange ocean. It's Why is Gulf. that? So the Gulf of Mexico... Um, it's kind of, it's stuck in between, um, so you've got Florida, 
Mm-hmm. And then you've got the Yucatan Peninsula. And so it's this little kind of area in between the two that kind of goes around. You have Texas, Mexico, Mississippi, Louisiana, Alabama, Georgia, kind mm-hmm. of are all there. Wow. I hope um, all our guests are with uh, me on this because it looks like we're learning all of the states of America. This is pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Just a few. <laughs> There's only, what, 50? <laughs> exactly. Yes, 50. Uh, but in the Gulf of Mexico... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we so Texas we do border a lot of a lot of us borders the the Gulf Coast, mm-hmm. and so in there like we do have a bunch of different marine animals. This okay. marine biology course is really cool. A and M has a couple has a sister school in Galveston, which is on the coast, and so you oh. actually can go out and go in. It has a very good marine program. Do people stuff. scuba dive then for the animals? The the Gulf Coast is very murky. I would not. Recommend oh, is it really? Scuba. Yes, oh, okay. it is much better to scuba here in Australia. Uh, so, so how do they do? They like go out in boats and and catch them with nets. So they live on the rock jetties. So actually, in Galveston, they mm-hmm. actually there's a local blunny that's a marine blunny called a Molly Miller blunny, mm-hmm. commonly, mm-hmm. and they. Um, that's actually how I met them. When I was... You doing... were like, hello, my name is Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> nice it... to meet you, Marine Blenny. <laughs> yes. So I, in that class, though, we had lots of tanks of fish. We had a lab part of the lecture component. In this mm-hmm. lab part, there was a tank that had a Blenny. Mm-hmm. So Blennies, because they like rock surfaces, they generally like rocks, but they'll also live in oyster reefs. And so in oh. oyster reefs as well, um, we have a couple of those in Texas. Mm-hmm. And in Galveston, there is one. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this blenny in this tank had a little oyster that it lived out of, but it was hand-fed. Oh, and so cute. this blenny, whenever you came near the tank, it would come out and swim at you and look at you like, are you going to feed me? And it'd follow <laughs> you. And I just thought that was the cutest thing. That is very I was cute. Like, and apparently you can train them to do tricks with food. I was like, what? Well, if you couldn't teach them how to evolve, or I guess they learn that (laughs) by themselves. I wouldn't be surprised if you could teach them tricks. (laughs) It was super cool. I thought it was super cool. Mm -hmm, So, mm -hmm. but I saw them and I was like, oh, this fish is so cool. Yeah. And my, um, my teaching, the teaching assistant at the time uh, said, oh yeah, by the way, this guy from A&M Galveston is coming to give a talk on Blenny's. Um, and I was like, oh, that's super cool. And he's like, would you like to come? And so most of the time, undergrads don't come to these type of colloquiums where you have people coming to talk about all this research. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually got to come. Yeah. And so I got to listen to this guy talk about Blennies becoming the Blennies actually in general are very quick at evolving. Hmm. They're what's called what he called it was they were prone to speciation. So they're mm. at least relatively like. It takes a long time because it's an individual does not evolve. Mm-hmm. It's a group. Yes, yes. So the group, though, of blennies, though, relatively speaking, compared to a lot of other animals, mm-hmm. it doesn't take them that long. Do they have a quick generation cycle? They're pretty quick. Blennies mm-hmm. don't live necessarily that long. It depends on which blenny mm-hmm. you're talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But a what's our average? Few, uh, two to three years is okay, what I've okay, heard okay. slash read in the literature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so these guys don't last that long, mm-hmm. but because of that, like. They're very prone to speciation. And so mm-hmm. the, this guy was looking at them in the Caribbean okay. and looking at the ones that were evolving there, which was super cool. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of inspired me with Blennies. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I ended up reading this paper a couple of years later mm-hmm. um, by my supervisor uh, that was like about Blennies becoming amphibious and moving to land. And I was like, wait, they're also moving to land. They don't just like, they don't just speciate <laughs> really quickly. And I was so excited. I was like, I can see evolution time. And I don't yeah. know why. But I had always kind of thought that evolution was just something that happened. 
I didn't think it was a continuous process. Mm. And so that blew my mind. And I was in love with Blennies ever since. Because oh. it was just, I was like, that is so cool that these guys like are actually actively evolving on land and I can watch this and I can look at this like that is so cool that is very cool that I I really do think like as an evolutionary biologist you're really living the dream of an evolutionary biologist like Darwin is jealous I can say that (laughs) (laughs) so do you go out and look at live blennies how is this processes of like collecting the data for you so right now, so my background is very strange. I have a lot of programming in my background mm-hmm. and different things. from A just, woman of many trades. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's, it's actually been really cool because I can use a lot of my, my kind of tech background for a lot of bio stuff, mm-hmm. which opens a lot of doors for me that wouldn't otherwise be open. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now I'm kind of looking at, I have only dead blennies right now. But oh, no. I know, I'm very sad. Are they very, very old? Like, are they like paleo, like paleontological? That's a bizarre word that I just said. <laughs> um, but like, are they very fossils old? Like fossils? Yes. No. So one of the hardest things that I've had with the Blennies is they don't have a lot of fossils. So it's hard to date them. Okay. So, so not only are they not very old. Yes. But they're also evolving now. Exactly. Oh my goodness. What yes. bizarre little creatures. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so do you, you say you studied some, some dead specimens. Yes. Is that like people have collected for you sort of thing or yes so uh with my supervisor he's had these collected for a little while so i'm working with these right now but the hope is that i eventually get to go out in the field and look at the blennies i hope to go mm-hmm. and kind of ex- we know a few of the islands that i mentioned that mm-hmm. where they're at mm-hmm. but i'm hoping to kind of learn more about where do they live what is our actual habitat mm-hmm. we know kind of the habitat that they prefer so can i look at other islands and see that habitat and are they there already mm-hmm. have they already moved there that would be that's kind of my hope is to expand their knowledge of these guys, figure out where yeah. they are. And so would you say you're more interested in the terrestrial ones, the amphibian ones? I mean, the marine ones? Come on, they're not, they're not even evolving. <laughs> <laughs> I am very much interested in more of the terrestrials than the other two. But mm-hmm. I do want to look at the other two because only looking and comparing them can I really see how they changed mm-hmm. and why and like their physical features, all that. Mm -hmm. So what kind of things are you looking at with these blennies? So right now I'm looking at their larval stage. Um, Part of my first kind of part of my project is looking at their larval stage and figuring out how they're moving from island to island. That's kind of the thought. So what do you mean? The larvae are moving to different islands. Is that what you mean? That's what we think right now. So so with the terrestrials, the only part of their state that's in the water is their larva. Mm-hmm. So they'll lay eggs in their holes, right? Mm-hmm. Like we mentioned. But then uh, generally waves come up and splash the holes, so the larva come out. Mm-hmm. But then once they settle, they become terrestrial and they don't move into water anymore. So right. that larval stage is the only way that these terrestrials could move from island to island. Mm. So the thought is that right now, that that's how they're doing it. They're island hopping via, via the larva. They're going from island to island. But we don't actually know. So mm. that's part of my project is, are they doing that? Or because we know that at many of these different islands, there are already marine ones there. Mm-hmm. Some of them might have terrestrial, uh, some have amphibious, we're not sure. Mm-hmm. But they pretty much all of them have marine. Mm-hmm. So is it just each individual island has a marine that's doing it on its own? Or is it just one that's already evolved and moving? So we're mm-hmm. not sure. So that's hopefully something I'll answer is like, is it just one or is it multiple evolutions? Mm-hmm. How do you answer that question? How do you how do you do that? 
I'm hoping to model it. So mm-hmm. I've been talking to, I'm at UNSW, um, and I'm talking to the climate, uh, the climate Change Research Center. Mm-hmm. I've been talking to different people there, trying to ask them to look at maps and maybe map, I'm hoping to map the larvae out and see what is their path? How are they getting from island to island? Mm-hmm. Can they do it? Mm-hmm. It's more of, if they can get to the island, okay, probably that's what's happening. It's, mm-hmm. it's just one origination of terrestriality, and then they're just moving. Mm-hmm. But if they can't do it, then it must be the other one, which is that each individual island is evolving a different species. Oh, my goodness. I mean, yeah. you did mention that when you, you know, first learn about the Blennies, that they're really prone to speciation. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. So, okay, let's let's kind of define speciation for, for our listeners. How sure. do you define speciation, you know, knowing these Blennies and they, they evolve really quickly? So generally, the definition of speciation is it's a... It's a new group of uh, organisms that can in, can breed with themselves, but not with another group. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. these guys have isolated themselves enough. They have enough genes to where they are their own unique population. Mm-hmm. They can no longer breed with another group. Mm-hmm. So would you say, or would you be doing any genomic data on them to kind of see their relatedness and, and maybe how long ago they evolved? Unfortunately, I don't have a lot of genomic experience, Mm -hmm. so I might, uh, that is a thought, Mm -hmm. Um, but at this point in time, I do not have the skill set, unfortunately, to Mm -hmm. do that, but potentially in the future, maybe, that would be, that would help really explain and understand what's going on, because we still don't know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, especially like the postdocs, right? You can you can do a postdocs and maybe a little bit more genomics. And I can't imagine that there's a lot of people who work on Blennies. It's been crazy when I've been looking through the literature, mm-hmm. just the gaps of knowledge. It's insane. Like not, I've been looking at kind of geologic time scale. Mm-hmm. When did these guys come up? Can we find any fossils? And there are a few of Blenidae in general. So the general mm-hmm. like marine group, we have some fossils there, but mm-hmm. even then only a few. We yeah. don't really know when the terrestrials happened. I'm going off of some data that's been comp- compiled by my advisor and looking at phylogenetic maps, mm. phylogenetic trees. Well, what are those? So if phylo- you explaining. Sure. So phylogenetic tree is basically something we've looked at different genes as well as um, ATP and DNA to kind of map out looking at these specific genes, how these guys are related to mm. each other. How closely related, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, one more question, if you don't mind. Um, Do you know if there's like more terrestrial now or or is there still more marine or is there like more in the middle? Like, do you know the kind of numbers in terms of species associated with the different types? So Blennies are very speciose in general. So Mm -hmm. the Blennidae family is very big. Mm -hmm. It has over 100 different species at least. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are definitely more marine. There are only about have uh maybe 10 to 12 mm-hmm. i it's one of i need to check the literature right yeah, but about yeah. 10 to 12 like terrestrial mm-hmm. species that we know of mm-hmm. but then there's 50 60 different at least marine oh well, give them time right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> these 50 might become 50 terrestrial and then we'll have you know 50 new marine ones 
Exactly. Yeah. My goodness. What fascinating little creatures. Well, we're really excited to have you back on the show because we're going to need to find out more about these little creature, creatures that literally show you evolution in real time. And uh, to end our show, and I do want to thank you again, Elizabeth Sorovic, for coming on to the show. Um, you have given us a really beautiful song from Finding Nemo, right? Called Beyond the Sea by Bobby Darren. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Could you tell yes. us a little bit about the song? Sure. So, um... <laughs> I never thought I would ever do anything marine, but my sister, uh, she loved Finding Nemo as a child. And so <laughs> she was like two or three. And so, you know, little children, they watch movies yes. consistently forever. Mm-hmm. I had it memorized. It was <laughs> <laughs> but this was the song at the end. And so thinking of a song about marine fish, especially ones becoming terrestrial, like mm-hmm. this song is what I immediately thought of. Oh, that's fantastic. What like what a great song and so on theme, hey? Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show, Elizabeth. We really appreciate it. And we definitely need to have you back because we need to solve this mystery. And I also want to know how many more species there will be in what a few years or maybe a few months time, right? Since yeah. for your next show, how many more <laughs> species will there be of bunnies? <laughs> that would be awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have been listening to Boiling Point with Anastasia and Elizabeth. And uh, we'll see you next week with a new show. Happy will be beyond the sea And never again I'll go sailing Never again I'll go see